WXDX-FM, Pittsburgh. The Pirates made two very good trades yesterday. Even if they don't make the playoffs this year, they've started to open another window for the next couple years. But here's a few things that could dilute the good. A, Austin Meadows goes to Tampa Bay and becomes an all-star. He's supposed to, you know. B, Tyler Glasnow goes to Tampa and becomes a top-of-the-rotation starter. He was supposed to be a top-of-the-rotation starter. Pittsburgh made a good deal, but so did Tampa. I think Tampa got good return for Chris Archer. C, the Pirates don't sign Dickerson long-term, or at least keep him through next year and his last season of arbitration. Because then there's a hole in the outfield that Meadows would have filled. And I think they need better depth than Luplo and, and, and Serpico. But uh, as long as they got Dickerson, Polanco, and Marte, they should be okay. Except when Polanco sucks, which he has before and will again. And the same thing could probably be said about Marte, but I don't want to put y'all in a bummer, man, because things are going great right now, and especially with those outfielders. So that's the potential downside, and it's a reasonable risk. The Pirates made a couple good baseball trades, but I think Tampa and Texas like their ends of those respective deals as well. Sick Again brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. At the bottom of the hour, I'm going to give away tickets to WFC Boxing. That's uh, Saturday, August 4th, this Saturday at the Meadows. I have no idea what WFC stands for, but if the F stands for what F often stands for, that is boxing I would like to watch. Uh, that giveaway is at the bottom of the hour, 412-333-9939. The big thing about any trade is, are you satisfied with what you got? And I bet both teams are in that Archer deal, and I bet both teams are in that Kayla deal. Kayla comes in with no pressure now, if he ever gets here. He hasn't reported yet. Archer pushed Kayla out of the spotlight. Archer is the bigger piece acquired. There's some uh, fan bitching on Twitter about Kayla not having reported yet. And uh, a lot of the baseball purists are saying, he got uprooted from his family. This trade's changed his life. Give him a break. No, get get to work. You're making a million point two this year. Show up and get to work ASAP. You know, one extra day with your family or to, you know, get over the shock of being traded. I'm sorry, if I was making $1.2 million a year, which is peanuts by baseball standards, they could trade me to Timbuktu. And I would be there absolutely ASAP. The thing with uh, Adam Jones of Baltimore declining the trade, that I get, that I'm with. But I think Kayla should have reported to the Pirates by now. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I, I swear to God, I got a couple tweets asking if I'm kidding. The Pirates' two big infield prospects are Kramer and Newman, just like Seinfeld. Kevin Kramer and Kevin Newman. You know a movie I really want to see? Uh, that, that Spike Lee movie. 
Black Klansman. It looks like it's uh, pretty funny. I hope that the trailer, which is very funny, isn't concealing that it's a, a preachy movie because I, I just want to see funny in a movie where a black guy infiltrates the Ku Klux Klan. Now, uh, this is based on a true story and goes back to the, I guess, the 70s and 80s when a guy named David Duke was the National Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. And he later went into legitimate politics, or at least as legitimate as the politics can be when you're the former National Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. You know who plays David Duke in Black Klansman? David Duke is played by Topher Grace, Eric Foreman of that 70s show. I wonder what Red Foreman thinks of that. I bet he'd stick a foot up somebody's ass if he... Well, you know, maybe not because he was always very conservative, very right-wing. Of course, that's that's really, really right-wing if you're the Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. But Topher Grace kind of resurfacing. He didn't do a lot of great work after he quit that 70s show because he thought he could be a movie star. He was a villain in Spider-Man that didn't go well. He did that one movie with Dennis Quaid. In good company, he got to make out with Scarlett Johansson, but that's pretty much been the highlight of his acting career since leaving that 70s show. I think we can safely say that uh, Kunis is number one in terms of that 70s show alumni. Kutcher, number two, and they're banging now, just like you knew Jackie and Kelso. I mean, they could never stop for good. After that, uh, Prepon did that show... Orange is the New Black, which is still pretty successful. Valderrama is just, just a nerd. Danny Masterson got accused of rape by his ex-wife. He was doing some TBS stuff and some some Netflix stuff, but that's kind of uh, put his career on hold. And then Topher Grace. Everybody's still alive. I, I think Tommy, Tommy Chong's still alive. Deborah Jo Rupp's still alive. Kurtwood Smith is still alive. I don't know if Bob... Pinciotti's still, I think he is. Oh, Tanya Roberts is still alive and probably still looking really good. Okay, I want to get back to the initial premise I opened today's show up with. Can you believe the Pirates did what they did? And most of you will lie and say, oh, the Pirate organization, they're building a great team, blah, blah, blah. I don't believe you. I don't believe you thought the Pirates would try to do this. I don't believe you thought the Pirates would make two good baseball deals like this. I don't think that you thought the Pirates would do an about face on their policy of not trading prospects to keep themselves in the thick of things for the playoff race this year. So your thoughts on those two Pirate trades? Just a very intriguing time to be a Pirate fan. Let's go now to our good friend. We've not heard from him in a while. He is the Hebrew Hammer. Hammer, Yakshamash. Yakshamash. How are you, Mark? Fair to Midland. Hey, I always pictured uh, David Schwimmer playing David Duke. <laughs> well, I got a couple tweets regarding my uh, the Lebetard idea that if there was a Friends movie, one of the Friends should get murdered in grisly fashion. And I thought that Matt Perry would kill Joey. Not Matt Perry. Uh, what's the character's name? Uh, Chandler Bing would kill Joey Tribbiani because of the unrequited homoerotic vibe that existed between the two. 
But uh, Ross was given to outbursts of temper. And let's face it, Phoebe was nuts. Phoebe could just kill all of them. I could see Ross and Chandler in a uh, like a Pulp Fiction type scene with a gimp with Joey being the victim. Uh, what about the Pirates? Hey, uh, the fans, the Pirate fan base, uh, you know, I, I'm glad they made the trade. Okay, if you want, if I'm going to watch the Pirates, you know, they're better off being mediocre to good than lousy. But the fan base is, I mean, they just do a 180 uh, right on a dime and go from disinterested, the fans, I don't go to the games, I don't watch on the TV, to like, the World Series is coming back to town. Well, and maybe they didn't do that so literally because there were only 18K at the game last night. 19K round. Well, I mean, but the, the way – actually, I'm going to the game tonight, and I haven't been in like two years. It has nothing to do – I would have went anyways. I, I got free tickets. Sure you But will. anyways, yeah. So, um, but they, they, they forgive the management for one uh, – management for one move or two moves, but for years of transgressions. Now wait till this archer. Wait, wait for it comes time to sign him. He'll find out what it's like to be a pirate. Wait till it's time to extend his contract. <laughs> well, well, wait till, wait till, wait till they trade him before his last team option. Like, like that. That's one thing I will say. I don't want to temper the enthusiasm too much, but Archer signed through twenty twenty one. His last two years are team options at eight point two five million per year. Do you think Archer will finish that contract with the Pirates? No, and that was, and again. That's part of the move. I mean, it looks good. All the fans are rah, rah, rah. But Huntington, again, they know what they're doing. They have this to a science. I mean, and, you know, that'll just never happen. That'll never happen with any pitcher. And, again, what they're doing so well is they're already selling next year. I mean, they're in the hunt now, and they're already selling next year and the year after. That's because those two trades, those two trades, Hammer, were just as much for PR as they were for baseball. Uh, absolutely. And it shows you how crazy some of these fans are. I had someone I had someone that I know almost too well compare this trade to the Paul Coffey trade of the 90s. He said, this is going to put them right where they need. I, I just looked at them. And I, I still don't think they're making the playoffs this year, do you? I don't think so. I mean... I mean, they're so hot now, you know, though. It's you, like, know what, you know what's going to be frustrating no matter what the Pirates do, though? And I think this has already manifested itself in them getting three wild cards from 13 through 15 and no division titles. I don't think they can win the division with the Cubs in it. And I think that goes the, for the foreseeable future. It's kind of like Tampa. You know, Tampa doesn't stink this year. But in a division with the Yankees and Boston, they can never make headway. And that's why they decided just to rebuild because in that division, more than any in baseball, Hammer, being mediocre gets you nowhere. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to disagree with any of that. And uh, I'll leave you with this. Did you know that Timbuktu is in Africa? No, it's not. Yeah. That's your Minnesota. cue. Minnesota. Thanks so much. Whammy. Yeah, you, you, the Pirates are 56 and 52, right? The Rays are 54 and 53. The Rays are one game behind the Pirates in the loss column, but they're dismantling because the Yankees have 68 wins and the Red Sox have 75 wins. And it won't get any easier ever in that division. And honestly, for the foreseeable future, I can't envision a scenario for the next five or six years where the Cubs don't win the division every year. we got Steven on hold. We'll get to him in just one moment. And don't forget, we got Bucko Talk with Bob Nightingale. 
the fine baseball writer for USA Today. That's at the bottom of the hour here on 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. You're like, what the hell? Hey, Mark. Hey, what? Super genius, big fan. It's Ringling Brothers time. The X at 105.9. Don't forget we're giving away boxing tickets at the end of this segment. That's WFC Boxing at the Meadows. That's this Saturday, so do stay tuned and then call in and win, but only when I tell you to call in and win. Okay, let me ask you some very basic questions in the wake of the Pirates acquiring Chris Archer and Keona Kayla in two separate trades yesterday. Will the Pirates make the playoffs? Question two. Will the Pirates beat legitimate contenders in the division in 2019? Assuming they have this roster, keep Corey Dickerson, can they contend next year to win the division even against the Cubs who will just keep spending and getting. I don't think they can win the division next year. I think they can't be a front runner for a wild card instead of playing catch-up ball like they have to do right now. That's only if they return uh, Dickerson. I think there might be too much traffic now for that wild card race for the Pirates to overcome. Hey, they had a stretch where they went 14-31. and 31. How many teams get a playoff berth after a stretch in a season where they win 14 and lose 31, I would venture to guess not very many. So those are the questions for on the field about the Pirates. Will they make the playoffs? Will they beat legitimate contenders for the division or wild card front runners in 2019? I think perhaps the latter. And off the field, are you more likely to go now? I would think you would be. And don't feel bad about being a bandwagon fan or a fair weather fan because your money spends, ask the hillbilly prince, better late than never. He can't get all your money, but he'll take what he can get. Answer any or all of those questions, dialing 412-333-WXDX. Somebody tweeted, this is such a non sequitur. I got to read it. Uh. Adam Jones doesn't want to leave Baltimore because he just bought Cal Ripken Jr.'s mansion. We can still live in it if he goes and plays for the Phillies, just not while he's playing for the Phillies. He's a free agent at year's end unless he re-ups with Baltimore, and I don't think they'll want him given the rebuilding phase they've entered. Then during the baseball season, he's going to have to live somewhere else. That, That Cal Ripken Jr.'s mansion thing, just I don't get it. Anywho, 412-333-9939 is the number to call up. I was in a bar at O'Hare Airport in Chicago uh, earlier this week uh, on route back from my trip. And I was watching Get Up, the morning show on ESPN, with the great Mike Greenberg and a bunch of people I can't stand. And there was a woman on who wasn't Michelle Beadle. Michelle Beadle's the normal co-host, her, Greeny, and Jalen Rose. But this woman was substituting for Michelle Beadle. I liked her. I don't know her name, but I do know she wasn't Michelle Beadle, which is mostly what I liked about her. ESPN should uh, take Michelle Beadle off Get Up and put her on play-by-play for eSports. 
That way my not watching could be consolidated. 412-333-9939 is the number to call out. you got the Football Hall of Fame debacle coming up this weekend where Terrell Owens won't be there. I'm actually tired of hearing people talk about that. The Baseball Hall of Fame inducted a class of six this past weekend. And when I looked at the list of names, I found myself wondering, how many would truly be a fit in today's game? Would the guys who made the Hall of Fame this year please the stat geeks if their numbers carried over to today's baseball from back then? Vlad Guerrero once walked only 19 times in a season. Shades of Manny Sanguian. Now, Vlad hit a lot of home runs, too. Jim Tomey hit 612 home runs in the steroid era without steroids, or so they say. That's an awful big leap of faith to assume Tomey was the clean guy, but I, I guess he was. We could never suspect the corn-fed white boy of anything untoward. I'm going back through Tomei's Twitter right now. I'll let you know what I find. Jack Morris had a career ERA of 3.9, and now he's in the Hall of Fame. He pitched a lot of complete games, but so what? Those don't even exist anymore. He won 254 games, but so what? Nobody cares about wins anymore. It's like every other Hall of Fame. It's a Hall of Very Good. If you're just tuning in, Chris Arch will make his Pirate debut Friday at PNC. He starts for the Bucks against the St. Louis Cardinals. What will the crowd be like? I'm more concerned about the crowd at the Steakhouse at Red Rock Casino in Las Vegas because that's where I'll be. To be fair, perhaps, watching the Pirate game on TV. And then Saturday at the Red Rock, headlining, I've seen them in support of Foreigner four times already on this tour, White Snake. For the fifth and final time of this tour, uh, for me, you know, I talked to Red Beach, our buddy from uh, Oakmont by way of Fox Chapel, the guitar player in Whitesnake, who is the uh, director of music for the band. And I said, hey, Reb, uh, my favorite Whitesnake song is Guilty of Love. Uh, I haven't seen that play it live since 1984. You guys got to play more songs because you're headlining. Can you play Guilty of Love? Don't forget, Reb's my friend. Michael Devin, the bass player, Joel Holkster, the other guitar player, I consider those guys friends. I, I talk to them all the time, and I DM back and forth on Twitter. They're, they're really good guys. And, you know, for as much as you can be friends with David when you see him, you know, two times a, a decade, you know, I get along with David. Reb goes, no, we're not playing it. Everyone in the band hates the song. Yeah, I've only gone to 60 White Snake shows in my life. You wouldn't want to keep me happy. Let's go to Steven. Steven. You're on with Double M. Good day, Mr. Man. How are you, sir? What up, man? Hey, uh, I just wanted to uh, touch base or uh, run this by you and what you thought about, uh, I think this is a good uh, business move that the actual Pirates did. Um, not only the fact that it was um, their lowest uh, attendance uh, since PNC has opened and the fact that they started winning, they figured they probably needed to make a move now with uh, the power uh, the power of Steelers and the Penguins coming up here soon. Um, you know, that, that way to keep people interested and paying attention. Well, Steven, I think they in. realized they were losing the crowd badly, the fans badly. For attendance to fall from 30K per game in 2015 to 17K per game this year, that is a precipitous drop in a short time. And I think they thought 
if they were sellers or maybe even if they stood pat, they were going to lose the clubhouse as well. And uh, to, to keep this con going, you need to draw more people than they're drawing, and you need to at least be as good as they are right now. I think this will adrenalize the fans. I think attendance will pick up between now and season's end. It, it should. You hate to say they deserve it because so often they have pointedly not deserved more people in the ballpark. But right now, after yesterday, it's fair to say they do. Okay, caller number 10, like the knockout. Caller number 10 gets a couple tickets to WFC Boxing. That's this Saturday at the Meadows. you got to be 21, and uh, you can win uh, the grand prize. Today's winner will be registered for the grand prize drawing, a pair of ringside seats, and a $50 gift voucher to the Carvery, which is their, is that their buffet or their steakhouse? How can I not know? I ate there, and it was terrific, so you can't really lose. And then, right around the corner, we'll talk baseball with Bob Nightingale of USA Today. 1059 X. I'm talking to my cousin. Um, no one cares at all. No one. The X at 1059. Okay, we're efforting Bob Nightingale. Some communication breakdown. It's always the same. We'll get him on when we get to him. 412 9939 is the number to call. Pleasure to talk to Kevin Colbert a few mo- uh, uh, last hour, the Steelers general manager. Uh, one guy I didn't have time to ask him about. Um, but a caller brought him up, and Bob Labriola brought him up yesterday as well, is Matthew Thomas, the free agent inside linebacker, undrafted, signed out of Florida State. And everybody is saying how great he looks at Latrobe. Well, if he looks that great, he should play. And I know they don't want to play rookies, let alone undrafted free agent rookies, but inside linebacker is such a mess and such a damaging weakness potentially. If this guy looks that good, I'm not saying start him the first week, but I am saying give him some snaps the first week and see where it goes from there. Anyway, back to baseball talk. Pirates win last night after acquiring Archer and Caleb. Uh, Archer makes his Pirate debut Friday at home against St. Louis. Pirates, of course, host the Cubs tonight in the second game of that series after beating Chicago 5-4 last night. Joining me now. It's a pleasure to welcome one of America's great baseball writers from USA Today. It's Bob Nightingale. Bob, after those two trades yesterday, how much closer are the Pirates to being a playoff team? Oh, much, much closer. I mean, they, uh, you know, forget about the talent they got back. It's just what they do. The clubhouse, the fan base, energizes everybody in their organization. Uh, you know, you used to have so many lingering uh, effects from something like that. And this is an organization that hasn't done that. I was, I was completely shocked, you know, that they got a, uh, you know, got, got Archer. It's one thing to get Kayla from uh, Texas, but you have to get Archer too. I just, you know, it's like a 180 degree turn from what they, you know, what they used to do. And the same organization that just six months ago traded away Cole and McCutcheon. Uh, you know, Cole was the one like, Wow, just almost you gave him away. You didn't get a whole lot back, and the guy had two years of control. McCutcheon, you couldn't understand stood more. So no, I thought established what they did. I did some digging, and you wrote a story a couple years ago talking about the possibility of this deal then with exactly the same components. So the Pirates have been after Archer for quite a while, haven't they? They have, you know. And Archer's not the same guy. He's not you know lighting up like he used to. 
But then again, neither is Glassnow in Meadows. You know, their stock has dropped too. So I would think even though Archer is, you know, not that number one guy like he used to be, uh, he's got a chance to revert to that by going to National League. It's so much easier to pitch the National League than the AL, particularly American League East. So, uh, and he's such a, uh, a great guy and great in community. You know, it's almost like he replaces Andrew McCutcheon. It was almost like that face of the organization. And, uh, you know, you'll see him out and about town doing so many goodwill things. So uh, he'll be a huge, huge fan favorite. Now, why has Archer's performance slipped a bit these past couple of years? And what does he need to do to get back up to where he was? You know, just a blossom a little bit. Just more uh, doesn't have that pinpoint control. You know, and maybe it's, maybe you get distracted. Maybe you get distracted pitching with a, a poor team. You kind of get fed up. I mean, look what Garrett Cole did when he went to Houston. You know, same guy, but, you know, special lights out now. Ver- Verlander, when he went from Detroit to Houston, same thing. I think just guys get energized and become better performers once you have something to shoot for. And, and I think we may see the case here. When Archer is on, Bob, what makes him good? Why is he a potential ace? Just he can throw uh, anything. You know, he's got uh, all four pitches. Very, very intelligent. Knows how to carve up a hitter. So, uh, yeah, he's just got, just got a little bit of everything. You know, it's a, uh, one of those guys that, you know, studies the video, knows the hitters, and he's got the arsenal. So he's really the complete package. How does the Pirate rotation stack up now against other wild card contenders in the National League? Yeah, for wild card ten- contenders, you know, right stands with anybody. I mean, you even look in the uh, NL Central. You know, I'll take that one uh, over the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, you know, the Chicago Cubs have got Lester, who stands out. But you know, and then you know Hendricks, but in a big drop off. So they can match him up. You know, pretty much with uh, about any team in, in in the National League. If you think about it. We're talking to Bob Nightingale, baseball writer from USA Today. Now, the Kayla deal kind of got lost in the shuffle, but he is a menace against right-handed hitters, and if you pair him with Vasquez, that has some potential, doesn't it? It really does. I mean, you know, you get a chance to you know turn those games into seven-inning games with those two guys, you know, mix and match as far as matchups, who closes what game. Uh, so, no, same thing. I mean, pitching the AL West, now you get to come to NL, he should be even more effective. And, you know, and the beauty of him and, the, you know, the same as the beauty of archers, you got these guys under control, you know, for the next two three years. How does that pirate bullpen stack up now? As you mentioned, uh, Vasquez and Kayla can have it covered after seven innings, and some of the other guys like Sanchez has come on strong. There, they're looking pretty good uh, in general, aren't they? Yeah, they are, and they uh, and I would think even the offensive guys now will pick it up, you know, just because everybody's kind of jazzed just what they've done. But now, I've been in uh, you know a lot of clubhouses over the years that tread that line. And if a team doesn't do anything, uh, it really sends a bad message, and guys have a letdown. Like, well, if the front office isn't trying, why should we care either? And by them doing that, uh, it just raises everybody's game. Now, uh, the Pirates' organizational philosophy, Bob, is that their pitchers pitch to contact, but Archer and Kayla are, are strikeout pitchers. You can't imagine they'll be asked to adjust, can you? No, not at all. It is, you know... Uh, you know, if you if Kayla wants to adjust, fine. But you want a strikeout guy uh, in the back of the bullpen. You really do. And Archer's already set, you know, almost 30 years old. So, uh, you know, you don't change a thing. You know, certainly you don't give up the prospects they did if you want to change a uh, 
a guy like Archer. Just just too viable. And it's worth noting too that Tyon, at the advice of Joe Musgrove, has kind of gotten away from pitching to contact, and it's done him some good, hasn't it? Yeah, he's been uh, very good, and I, uh, you know, I think guys like Tyon too, and everybody else in rotation, you know, you can kind of pick up a lot of knowledge from Archer. He's been around, and they're going to prick his brain and go over things, so they kind of learn from each other. It's almost like a, uh, you know, you saw what happened with Berlander in um, in Houston. Everybody's game got picked up just because of, uh, you know, of his experience, and I think people are going to be picking the brain also of Archer here. What has enabled Pittsburgh to win 16 out of 20, Bob? It, it really did come out of nowhere. Before that, they went 14 and 31. Yeah, it's strange. You, you know, the team starts to believe themselves. You get confidence. And it's such a streaky game at times. And uh, for them to do that, you know, if, if they don't do that, the Pirates probably don't even think about making the moves they did. It's almost like they forced uh, the front office ownership hand. It's like, okay, here's, here's what we can do. What are you going to do for us now? And they uh, and they stepped up. You know, very cool to see. It's amazing because some guys who were terrible in June were overwhelming in July. Guys like Polanco and Marte, who were admittedly very talented, but then you got David Freeze with 15 RBIs in July. Like I said, it was crazy. Yeah, a lot of things. You know, one guy gets hot, the next guy gets hot, and uh, you just never know. You know, some guys are slow starters, and they catch fire and don't stop. Uh, yeah, it's just, you know, sometimes baseball can be a crazy game. Uh, but it's been fun to see. You know, Pirates are a team that a lot of people root for. I mean, it's, it's a, uh, uh, obviously a, a cool franchise, a great town, and my favorite ballpark in America. I mean, I, I love going there. But I think what the fans showed is like, hey, we love going there too, but you better put a winner on the field or we're not showing up. Who won the trade deadline, Bob? Who did the most at the deadline? Well, it's tough to say who wanted. I mean, some of the teams got a lot in return that gave stuff up. Like Baltimore, you know, gave it up. Minnesota did too. KC, they got some nice returns. Um, you know, as far as winners, you know, obviously what the Diamondbacks did, getting three relievers and a shortstop, that was big. The Dodgers with uh, Manny Machado. Atlanta, you know, they were coming out of nowhere too, getting Gosman and uh, Duvall from Cincinnati. And uh, certainly you put the Pirates right there. Just you know, studying what they've done. Just that, that hasn't been their in their DNA, and uh, you know, just changed one eight right there. And I, I thought they they only really stole the show in terms of shock because I don't think people ever envisioned the Pirates should be that aggressive. Who are your favorites now to get the wild cards in the National League? Well, I gotta think that Milwaukee and Chicago, you know, one of those teams win the division. One gets a wild card. So there's one wild card spot right there. And then it's wide open. Uh, I think the Pirates have as good a chance as anybody to get that second wild card. You know, you got San Francisco, I'm mean, sorry, you got uh, Arizona, Carl, and LA, you know, but they may beat each other up. So uh, if St. Louis, you know, kind of gives it up here, obviously they trade, you know, trade away some pieces. I like Tommy Pham. Maybe then you beat them up. Cincinnati obviously isn't a contender. So it just may come down to that. Uh, hey, crazier things have happened. I don't ever talk about the wild card. But, you know, hey, with Chicago and Milwaukee, there's no reason Pittsburgh uh, gets a little hot streak here. Those guys get a little cold. They get in the thick of that division race as well. So it's really so wide open. I think it's going to be a blast. Uh, I think the final week 
you know, we may see a, a ton of teams on the race for not only division races, but wildcard races. Uh, the wild card for me is the is Washington, Bob. Uh, they've had a terrible year. Uh, their clubhouse is supposedly not a great place, but uh, they still have the talent to go on a run. What's going to happen with the Nationals? Yeah, they do have the talent. You know, they, they were never going to trade Bryce Harper. That was a joke. Uh, <laughs> that, was never, that was never even considered. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, let's see. I mean, now they're, you know, beating up the Mets here. Uh, maybe that was a wake-up call just to kind of throw out names and say, okay, we're going to do this and do that. Last night, Sean Kelly got, you know, designated for assignment for throwing his glove on the uh, on the mound and staring at Davey Martinez. And Davey Martinez has been under fire. I mean, here's a team that won back-to-back division titles, won 97 games last year. They fired Dusty Baker, Dusty Baker, and now the team's a complete mess. So it'll be interesting to see what happens down the stretch here. If they don't make the playoffs, you know, it makes sense in a fire Davey Martinez since you're already fired a guy that won back-to-back titles. Bob, great stuff. Thank you so much for taking the time. and know how busy it is, uh, especially in the wake of yesterday. And we'll talk again soon, I hope. All right. Look forward to it. Thanks, Mark. That's Bob Nightingale. Great stuff from the baseball writer from USA Today. Uh, regarding the Pirates in the wild card, I agree with what Bob said. I think either Chicago or Milwaukee wins the division and probably the Cubs. And then Milwaukee gets the wild card. Everybody else, I can see the Pirates leapfrogging. But Washington worries me because I, I know they appear to be in turmoil, but they're so good. They're just loaded. Can they keep playing bad forever? I don't know. Maybe. But what if they don't? I don't think the Pirates can do better than the second wild card. And again, I think it's uh, slightly less than 50-50 that they get it. But at least now, I really do believe they'll be in the race until the very end. By the way, we said earlier that uh, Chris Archer's going to wear number 24 with the Pirates. That's Barry Bonds' old number. Uh, Keone Kayla will be wearing number 35, which, of course, is Tom Barrasso's old number. We'll talk to Bob McLaughlin next, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. They're going to nail us no matter what we do, so we might as well have a good time. Toga, toga. The X at 105.9. I'm joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Uh, Bob, uh, what do you think the attendance will be tonight at PNC for the second game of the series against the Cubs now that the impact of the trades should have definitely sunk in? And what do you think attendance will be like at PNC Friday when Chris Archer makes his Pirates debut? Boy, can I take the second end of that first? Because I think it'll, uh, it'll be as close to a sellout, if not a, a sellout. It's going to be a Friday night. You got the cards in town. You've got all this buzz about Chris Archer taking the mound. Uh, I could easily see sellout for that. I don't even know what the giveaway is that night. I know it's not fireworks again already, um, but there's, they probably got something lined up. So I, I could see all those things coming together for a Bucko sellout. And you know, if that's what it took to get the fans back in the seats uh, in one fell swoop, Pirates management. You know, it seems like they're accomplishing that. Tonight, though, cruddy weather. Oh, Cr- God, that's a horrible excuse when this team's made two impact trades uh, just 24 hours ago. But you know that they don't have the tickets already. So, I mean, they haven't been sold yet. I doubt in the last 24 hours with the weather oh, that we that's ha- that's the excuse for tonight. It was the excuse last night. Forgive me if I think it's just not a good enough excuse. Um, well, I would say probably... Boy, I don't even know. What, what if it rains Friday when Archer's scheduled to pitch? 
than not a sellout, but close to. Just because of all those factors. Friday night, Cardinals in town, so you know that they'll bring a bunch of people. Um, and then I think that the Pirates fans will come out on the weekend because I think they appreciate what happened yesterday. Well, and they should. Absolutely. I agree with you there. I think they should appreciate it enough to turn up tonight and to have turned up in bigger numbers last night. What if I said 23 to 26 tonight? It won't get near that. I don't think so either, but I think you'll have some walk up. <laughs> what if I said 100,000? <laughs> what if I said that some out the big house in, in Ann Arbor? What if I told you? <laughs> no, Is that but... something that would interest you? Uh, no, no, I and I, I hate the, to, to just, you know, urinate on the Pirate fans for not showing up right off the get after two trades like that, but I never expected this to happen, and maybe last night's crowd being low wasn't only the weather, but still a bit of the shock wearing off from the Pirates having done what they did. Now, one thing we're hearing like crazy already, Bob, is what a great guy Chris Archer is. You heard what uh, Nightingale said, that Chris Archer could be the face of the team and will be a big presence in the community. Uh, So... When he wore the A.B. jersey to show up at the ballpark, and when he kept citing Wiz Khalifa and black and yellow in his tweets, was he kissing Pittsburgh's ass or just being a nice guy? I think that's the guy you're going to get. I looked at some of the Tampa uh, Or maybe both. Yeah, well, I looked at some of the Tampa papers today. Full page, Mark, the front sports page, and also a story on the front page. The full sports page was four different stories. One about what a good player he was. Two about his whole time down there with the Rays. Three about his community work and what he does with Children's Hospital down there. And four was just how the community is sad that this is the guy that's leaving the team. So I think that, you know, you're going to see the Pirate fans say, that's great. We need a face of the team right now because, you know, obviously. It it is amazing, though, Bob, isn't it, that Tampa Bay only has one more loss than the Pirates. (laughs) But because they're in a division with the Yankees and Red Sox, it's just a hopeless situation for them. They're rebuilding at the same point where the Pirates are going for it now. Right, and you see that in how many of the stories that have come out in the last you know, 18 hours since this trade happened, 24 hours. Everything was about you know, the bats that they have to deal with in the East. It's about you know, you're going to have one more yeah, hitter. I don't know that that justifies a four-point whatever ERA, though, if you're the pitcher that Archer is supposed to be and hopefully will be again. That's fair. That's fair, but I also like what Nightingale said about him maybe you know being able to school some of the guys that the Pirates have right now, and also a little bit of vice versa because different yeah, leagues. If Musgrove came in and taught Tyon how to how to pitch, you know, changed his style, and if Archer's going to come in and preach to the young kids, do they really need Ray Searich? <laughs> well, I've already seen. I can't remember which Pirate it was, but they said that they wanted uh, Archer to show him how to teach that slide, how to do that slider, because they need that slider in their repertoire. And look, if if he can teach somebody to do that pitch, great. Well, don't don't you agree that uh, Wiz Khalifa could not change our colors to black and yellow? Yeah, I like the way it's you put still that. Still black and gold, and uh, I love I love Wiz. I do. I know, but we're black and gold, not black and yellow. Right. I know behind the scenes here that you've been a longtime fan of Wiz, um, and it is black and gold. Didn't really fit the beat though, did it? So if he needed to oh, go, no, black I'm sure and yellow. that's why he did black and yellow. Yeah. Now, what about uh, the rumor? that the third person to go to Tampa Bay in the Archer deal will be Pittsburgh Dad. I'm with that. Yeah. I'm nobody with that. nobody wants to keep Pittsburgh Dad. <laughs> uh, no, I think some people do, but they're just not as vocal about it because they know the blowback. Rand, Randy got mad at me today, uh, annoyed, when I suggested Pittsburgh Dad should be the third person in that deal. Yeah, and then you followed up with the Clarks, and that's when I got mad. <laughs> 
I heard that. I heard it in the background. One one last thing, Bob. Shouldn't Lev Bell be sending a thank you note to Neil Huntington because acquiring Chris Archer and Keone Kayla has gotten the heat away from that horrible-looking ass he had dancing for him at the strip club. We talked about that yesterday some, Bob. I don't think you can ever talk about it enough. That's like the worst stripper ass I've ever seen. And, Bob, I've been in the trenches with the grunts. No, I know that. You know, Bob Nightingale used the word shocked and stunned in that last segment. When I opened that video yesterday, that is the last thing I was expecting to see. Now, and I know you went at it in the 3 o'clock hour, even though it was the family hour, and Mrs. Rutherford may be giving you a call Sorry, Mrs. R. (laughs) But... You, James, if you're listening, don't forget, you don't need to know everything. You're 10 years old. Right. But that was, wow. Uh, your American Pharaoh line this morning on DVE and again earlier today. Well, like like I said, it, it looks like somebody put on golf spikes and tap danced in cottage sheets. Right. I mean, who, like, like. Let me let me tell you. And there was a ton of money. There wasn't just some money laying on the ground there. There was a ton of like money. Like I said, if she there. has vision problems, she might have started to graze. <laughs> you know, thinking it was grass and not money. I, I, I got to tell you, Bob, it reminds me of something I actually heard a guy say to a naked woman on stage at a strip club who was just horrible looking. He said to her, who told you it was a good idea to take off your clothes? <laughs> and then I give her credit. She picked up a shot glass and drilled him in the mouth with it. Wow. Yeah. Now that's... That, that, was, uh, that was the Edison Bob. Well, how about Not the... Blush, not Club Elite. The Edison. But the, the predecessor, the granddaddy of them all, the Edison. I could see that happening at the Tennyson for all you South Hills people, because that has been around quite a while, and that gets kind of seedy sometimes. But you, he's got to get some of this. When he does return to the locker room, Mark, when he does return to the team, they can't let this go. Because, I mean, I don't think that they would be... Because expect- it's, like, it's not like a big, fat, P-H-A-T ass. Right. I understand the fat. I understand the round. You know, I, I get that. I do that. I like that. to make that. themselves look like that. They pay a lot of money to get like that. You see all these Instagram girls and stuff that are dating athletes. They're all built like that. This was not that. He can afford the A-team, Bob. <laughs> if I can afford the A-team, so can Lev Bell. That's Bob McLaughlin. In just 30 seconds... For the first time ever, somebody I love, I love above all, my bay is going to make the list. 105.9.